Welcome to the Living Worship Podcast. This is Pastor Cameron Diamond from Drunsville Baptist Church in Newberry, Florida. Um, I'm excited that you've tuned in. Um, kind of hoping that you found me through the article that um, I posted on the Greater Heritage. It's a, um, a new assignment of mine. I'm going to be contributing to that um, about every month. Um, so I appreciate it if you've found me there. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, if you want to ask me questions or have some comments on any of my work, um, feel free to email me at Cameron at JonesvilleBaptist.com. Um, I'd love to have discussions with you. Um, but this podcast, you know, I initially started it um, when COVID hit as a way for me to continue to um, connect it to my youth and, and not lose them and give them um, access to Bible study. You know, the whole Zoom thing really didn't work um, for my group uh, for a host of reasons. Um, so this is what it's ended up, and it actually, it, I like this um, format. I like the way that this um, podcasting platform works. I use Anchor. Um, so I'm excited that you've decided to um, go ahead and listen in and, and join in with us. i um, been praying for our group as we continue to grow and expand, and God blesses our ministry. Um, but as for this week, so we are looking at 1 John. In fact, over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at 1 John. Last week, we talked about Jude. Um, I cover that entire letter all in one. You can go back in to listen to it. I was really excited about that episode. Um, but we're going to continue our study on shorter books in the New Testament over the next month or two um, and, and really see uh, the, the important content that these letters bring us in the Christian faith um, and take a look at uh, what they would have meant in the original context and um, what they mean to us today and how we can pull the eternal principles out of it. So in 1 John chapter 1, it says, What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, that life was revealed, and we have seen it, and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you, so that you may also have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Alright, so as we read this, we're going to pause here. Alright, so why is John and the rest of the apostles, why are they teaching and writing about Jesus? Well, this tells us. It's because they saw Jesus. They heard Jesus. They lived life with Jesus. They witnessed him give life, to give his life, to save the souls of humanity. Um... I mean, it was a real thing. I mean, and you can see it the way that they lived their lives, that it had to be real. No one would die for something that, that was just imaginary. And especially not die gruesome, brutal deaths. Or even John, who technically didn't die, you know, on a cross, you know, or, or beheaded like the rest of them. He was boiled alive. I mean, he survived it, um, according to tradition, but... He was not. He was not given the easy route out. <laughs> I mean, they all suffered, and they suffered because of what they believed, and they believed it because they saw it with their eyes. And when he says what was from the beginning, he's not talking about Genesis one. He's talking about from the beginning of Jesus's ministry, from what they saw and experienced in their lives concerning the Word of Life, which was Jesus. We'll pick it back up at verse 5. It says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light, and there is absolutely no darkness in him. 
If we say we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and we are not practicing the truth. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. All right, and that's the whole chapter. I know, we're we're only about five minutes in. All right, but check it out here because these 10 verses are so vital, so critical for us today. So we need to ask ourselves, What does it mean to live in the light? As I look at these verses, one word comes to my mind, and that's transparency. Nothing about God is obstructive. It's not hidden. To know Yahweh does not require lethal treks into the mountains or flying across the world like Indiana Jones to find secret clues. Right? The God of the Bible only requires that we know him, recognize our fallen nature, accept his forgiveness, and pursue a life that follows the way he made for us to live in the first place. And we can find all of that information in the Bible. You know, the Bible, and this is quoted often, but for good reason, the Bible is the number one most produced, most sold book in the entire world. And it has been for thousands of years now. It was the first book to come off the printing press. More people buy the book every year than any other book. There's a few times recently that maybe that's come close, but that fell off pretty fast. Many people are interested in the Bible, and getting to know God in the, of the Bible is, is not hidden, right? It's not hard, right? If you have uh, the Holy Spirit within you and you're saved, it's so much easier. But God reveals himself through that book. And it's not a magical book, right? It's a book that you read and you put context together and you realize how God has worked throughout history to save humanity from itself, to save humanity from its sin, from its fallen decisions, a redemption of history. That's what the Bible is for. And so getting to know God, right, is is not difficult, but most people are not willing to put in the time, the effort, the work. Or they just find it so unbelievable that they can't follow through with it. Or they decide, well, maybe this is true, but I'm more interested in me. So John, in this first letter, he, he points out the obvious hypocrisy in the churches of his day, which certainly applies to us today as well, right? He, he, he's writing to Christians. He's not writing to people who don't believe in Jesus. He's writing people to Christians, and he's talking about them claiming to be righteous, them claiming to be living in the life and living in the light and walking with God, and yet they're not. He's calling them liars and deceivers and manipulators. He says, you guys have it wrong. So I want you to read through this again, if you're listening to me today. Read it again. Take it slow. And I want you to take a few minutes to just pray through it. And I want you to consider 
Are you someone who says, me and God are great, I have dealt with my sin, or I can't even remember the last time I sinned? Well, then it's possible and likely that you fall into the categories that John lays out for us within this passage. See, those statements are not made out of an attitude of humility. Now, I'm not going to say that's universally true. Maybe you are someone that, yeah, you may have a great relationship with God. Right? But no one person has it perfect. Everyone, every Christian, every believer, from brand new to been a Christian 80 years or more, no one is fully sanctified yet. They haven't made it. They haven't arrived. You arrive when you get to heaven. And John is saying, don't ever fall for the lie that you made it. That you don't have to work out your faith anymore. And don't brag about how great you and God are. Be humble enough to admit to yourself, to God, to the people around you that you still have a ways to go. He says that whoever lives with the assumptions... They are walking in darkness. They're lying to God, lying to others, and lying to themselves. And just as those who followed Jesus when he was physically here experienced him intimately, and they were changed by his influence, when we choose to follow Jesus, we're going to experience him intimately and be forever changed by his influence too. And practically what this looks like every day is never giving up on being better. We change our behavior. We grow according to God's perfect standards. This means we continually set ourselves, we set our desires aside. The Bible calls it putting ourselves to death or sacrificing ourselves to put on Jesus instead. Take off you and put on Jesus. That's a principle that you can especially find in the book of Ephesians. He wants you to be totally honest with him about what you've done and what is happening to you. Transparency. This is not a fake it until you make it kind of faith. This is a be honest and accountable and you'll grow kind of faith. And these are all part of biblical principles of growing and changing. And and a big principle of this, a big way that we can make this practical today, is means we find someone older with whom we can trust and be mentored by and transparent with. I'm not advocating that you just go air out your dirty laundry to the entire world or even to your entire church. There's a time and place to talk about everything. But you should be able to have that one more spiritually mature person in your life that you can be mentored by, that can supervise your growth and encourage you in your faith. I'm not talking about your best friend who's as spiritually mature or immature as you are, you need to find someone on on a different level, right? Someone who's been walking with Christ longer, has a deeper relationship, who knows what they're talking about, whom you can trust and who cares about you. You want that kind of person to be transparent with. Someone that you are willing to confess to. Be totally real with. This will allow you 
This will produce within you the ability to take off yourself and to put on Jesus to be transparent with God. And please don't forget, no matter what you've done, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive you and clean you up from all of your sin once you confess it and you commit to never doing it again. So in this time of prayer that I'm, I'm asking you to have, that you take a moment to do, there are a couple things that I want you to consider and pray through. First is, what unconfessed sin do you have in your life? Just like Adam and Eve, right? we have a tendency to try and cover it up and, and hide our mistakes and keep moving like nothing's wrong. Give that to God. With my youth group, I had them all write it down. They put it into a box and uh, they're going to burn it uh, next week. No one's going to be able to see it. It's between them and God. Uh, so whatever you got to do, uh, really, you know, be honest with the Lord about it. Pray about what it would take to live a life where you don't feel like you have to hide the things about yourself or things you have done or thought about. A life of transparency. And then pray for God to give you godly mentors in your life. And once you finish praying through these things, I want you to go back and read John 3, verses 19 through 21. And this week, as you meditate on these scriptures through 1 John 1 and John 3, pray about God growing and changing you and developing within you a desire to have more faith, more trust, more love, and more obedience for Him. Thank you for joining me this week. I'm excited that uh, that you chose to give 15 minutes of your life to this podcast. Um, you know, I would invite you to uh, rate this podcast, review it on whatever platform you're using, um, and come back next week. I appreciate you. And I'm praying for you.